You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Contextually, Jesus did not want his disciples to swear. Didn't want them to swear. Breaking it down or defining the word swear based upon the text, he did not want them to vow or promise something they didn't have the capacity to fulfill. Didn't want them to vow or promise something they didn't have the capacity to fulfill. Second definition of of swear based upon the text. He did not want them to vow or promise something that they didn't have the rights to. I said he did not want them to vow or promise something that they didn't have the rights to. And he gives them wonderful uh, examples, which are true examples, for the reason they didn't need to swear. Notice, again, we've read it, but let's, let's look at it again and, and consider the, the reasons or examples that he gave them not to swear. He says again, starting in Matthew 5 and 34, I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne. You have no right to swear by heaven because it belongs to God. Nor by earth, for it is his stool. Likewise, the earth is his. Nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And lastly, he, he says to them, and you shall not swear by your head. Because you cannot make one hair white or black without Maybelline or some other kind of color. But you can't do it like God can do it. Amen? And and when you consider the text, did he give him some some valid reasons? Profound reasons? But, But simple. Gave him simple reasons why they did not need to make a vow or a promise that they couldn't fulfill or make a vow or a promise that they didn't have the rights to. Gave them powerful reasons. And uh, I want to take it a little further by going to a couple of texts, or a couple of scriptures, because it's important to understand that when, when you get to... Uh, 
doing the opposite of what he said in the text. You'll find out that swearing can mess you up. And I want to show you a couple of passages that prove what I just said. And, and with the passages, you'll see why people end up swearing uh, and shouldn't have. Let's start in the book of Genesis. Let's go to the book of Genesis. The first book of the Bible, right? The book of Genesis, and we want to go to the 25th chapter. I love to hear those Bible pages turn. Do you? Consider Genesis 25, and let's start at verse 29. Ready? Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary, weak. And Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. He weak and hungry. Therefore, his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, look, I am about to die. What is this birthright to me? It's your legacy, son. <laughs> then Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose and went his way. Thus Esau, notice, despised his birthright. He despised, looked down on his birthright when he swore. In a time of weakness. That's the conclusion of it. But it, but, but it happened out of a moment of a weakness. Out of a moment of weakness, his brother, who was a trickster, tricked him in to swearing. And, uh, and so he vowed, even though he knew the weight of a promise, because... He had been taught. He still did something. And if you look at the text, is it was foolish. The end of the story is sad because it talks about him really having no integrity and no character. He despised his birthright. Can we go further? Let's go to Matthew. Let's go to the book of Matthew, and we want to consider some verses in uh, Matthew 26, I believe. The book of Matthew. 
Don't get to need no money now and just swear to somebody you're going to pay back on the 13th. Don't, don't, don't get to, No, don't, don't have no moment of weakness where you really need some money and you get to swear. You give me, the, you give me $10, I'll give you 20 back, the 13th. Because you'll find yourself at a moment you need something telling, telling a lie. And so you, it, it, this is very important. Because some of y'all are like, well, that was uh, him, not me. Yeah, but it, it can be you in a, in a moment of, of weakness. You may do something you don't have no business. Do it. But notice Matthew 26. And we'll start at verse 69. And this is talking about, uh, at the time, the leading disciple of Jesus. Matthew 26 and 69. Now Peter sat outside in the courtyard. And a servant girl came to him saying, You also were with Jesus of Galilee. Peter denied it before everybody. And this is what he said. I do not know what you are saying. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him. And said to those who were there, this fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And you know how women look. You know, this is the second girl. Women, women will look. Now, won't y'all look with me? This is the second woman. She said, yeah, you were with him. I, I know you. you. I saw you. But again, notice what he said in verse 72. I do not know the man. A little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, Surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. Bottom line, he, he, had, he had been around Jesus so long to where he had started talking like him. And that's a good thing. If you attend church regular and really receive the word, you'll start sounding like your pastor. Now, folks will talk about you, but understand something. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. And, and so what they were saying to Peter is that you got to be him because you, you sound just like him. You talk just like him. And Peter was actually older than Jesus. But he still had picked up his traits. And it started to sound just like him. And wasn't nothing wrong with that. Un unless you're scared. And think if somebody know it, you might end up dead. And that was, that was Peter. That was Peter at the time of the text. And so notice uh, verse 74, after they, after they told him, he sound like it. Then he began to curse. Uh-oh. You done stop sounding like your master. <laughs> he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. And notice this, immediately a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus who, is, who had said to him before the rooster crows you will deny me three times so he went out 
and wept bitterly. Oh, he cried hard. A grown man. Because he knew he had done, he had done wrong. If he didn't want to tell them folk, why didn't he just walk away? Why didn't he just walk away? Because the word was on him. Jesus had to show him that he was not in the place that he needed to be. Because he had prophesied that he was going to do exactly what is stated in the text. And the rooster was going to let him know, yeah, Jesus was right. And so you can see that Esau swear in a moment when he was weak and it didn't turn out well. And then we see Peter that cursed and swear and it didn't work out well. So even without taking it further, how many can see that it's not a good thing to swear or to vow when you don't have the capacity to fulfill it or you don't have the right? How many can see it? But let's take it further. Let's go back to Matthew 5. And notice uh, in verse 37, the Lord told them instead of swearing what they needed to do. Let your yes be yes and your no, no. Just tell the truth. Is that your car, Walker? Yeah. Them nice shoes right there, they yours, Walker? No. Just tell the truth. Let your yes be? Yes. Let your no be? No. Why just tell the truth? Because the truth according to John 17 and 17, sanctifies you. It makes you into the person God ordained for you to be. And according to John 8, 31 and 32, in part, the truth make you free. The truth causes you to be delivered, protected, and to prosper. Just stick to the truth. Even under pressure, just stick to the truth. Even in a time of weakness, just stick to the truth. Even when it seemed like that lie going to help you out. Oh, don't act like that now. How many have ever, have ever been to the point to where you felt that it was a time that required you to lie? Now, don't lie now. And don't be acting like uh, that was just when you was a sinner. You didn't want the person to know, so you lied. 
You made up something. Now, now this be the crazy thing. You want it to sound like it's true, but you know you're lying. Woo, you better tell somebody there have been times. You lie, but in your mind, you tried to make that lie sound like it was the truth. And it ain't none of us in here that haven't been guilty. But after the night, we got to do better. After hearing a word like this, we have to do better. We have to do better. We have to stick to the truth. And Jesus tells them, uh, even in a greater way, uh, in the last clause in verse 37, he, he, already, he already gave them three reasons why they shouldn't swear. But now he, he gives them a powerful reason in reference to why their yes should be yes, or their no should be no, or they should stick to the truth. And notice this. This is just so powerful. He says, for whatever is more than these or the truth is from the evil one. Whenever you stop telling the truth, you are the evil one. You have stepped on a path that is of the devil or all that pertains to him. That's the reason he, he refers to him as, as the evil one. He, he's not just talking about Satan. He's talking about all that has to do with the enemy. Talking about his personnel. Demons. But you know that there are humans that work for Satan. Even, even biblically, that there are humans that work for Satan that, that attend church. Talked about how his, his ministers will come to you as angels of light. If you go outside the truth, if you go outside of yes and no, it's of the evil one or the devil. And, and, and the one thing that I want to point out that Paul said to the church of Ephesus that fits in well with the text is Ephesians 4 and 27. Let's go there. A little bit of scripture. But it, uh, 
but it fits in well. A good reference for what we are talking about tonight. Y'all know Bible said we just go to the scriptures. Let's go to Ephesians 4. And read this little verse. Ephesians 4 and 27. Don't y'all fake on me. Some of y'all had to turn the page. Come on, turn, turn your page and go to Ephesians 4 and 27. This is one verse you, you need to uh, learn and be able to quote. Ephesians 4 and 27. Nor give place to the devil. Nor give place to who? Don't give the devil an opportunity. Don't give him an opportunity. Don't give him existence. Don't give him a place where he can, he can stay. Don't give him a place where he knows you'll listen to, to him. Don't give him no place. See, he, he cannot possess you, spirit-filled child of God, but he can influence you. I said he cannot possess you, Holy Ghost-filled child of God, but he can influence you. See, some folks think that when, when it says don't give him no place, that, that means don't let him in. If you are a child of God, he can't come in if you're, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. But you can give him existence on your job. You can give him existence when you're looking at TV. See, don't think when, when you're you looking at TV that Satan say, say, or uh, uh, his demons are nowhere around. The Bible is clear about Satan. It says the Satan just... Just walking to and fro, seeking whom he he can devour. I'm looking for somebody. That, and see, remember, it's not just the devil; it's his demons. They just, they just, they just looking. They just looking. Yeah. If some of y'all from 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 Tatum Town, ain't it a place called Tatum Town? Ain't it a place called Whipping Creek? If, if you from Whipping Creek, he come down Whipping Creek. Go to Tatum Town. Go to go to uh, Yorkville. I mean, the little communities y'all got here. He up in there. And guess what he doing? He looking for some space. Now you got to understand something. Paul was talking specifically here in Ephesians to the church. See, he already got sinners. He he ain't looking for no place from no sinner. He's looking for a place when it comes to saints. And don't believe like some church people, some, some preachers preach that even though you're spirit-filled, you can be demon-possessed. That's not so if you have the Holy Spirit. That's not so. Demon spirits, they look for empty places to fill. That's what Jesus said. They look for empty places to fill. But see, the enemy will try to influence you. Jesus, Jesus said something to Peter one day, and, and uh, I would have loved to see the expression 
on, on Peter's face when Jesus said it to him. Jesus said to Peter, Satan has desired to have you. And even told him why. He said, because he, he want to just sift you. He, he want to use you in various ways. He want to use you, Peter. He, he want to sift you like you were wheat. He wanted to get his power on Peter to the point to where he could just shake him. Use him any way he, he desired. Do you know his demons desire the same thing when it comes to you? And me? He wants us. And Jesus gave him the key. He said, but I done, I done prayed for you. But he told him, when you get converted, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit and mature, when you change. He was already a disciple, but he was not in the place he needed to be. So Jesus, that's the reason Jesus said to him, when you are converted, when you become more mature, spirit-filled, then I need you to pray for your brothers. That's the, reason, that's the reason the scripture tells us those that are strong should bear the weaknesses or the infirmities of, of the weak. Our babies, folk who just didn't say we got to pray for them. We don't criticize them. We pray for them. We don't put them down. We pray for them. How I many understand? And so we can't give him any room. Because if we give him some room, we'll become like him. We'll, we'll be, we'll be spirit-filled, but we'll, we'll operate more in the flesh than the spirit. We'll be spirit-filled, but actually have a mean spirit or attitude. Actually have, can be spirit-filled, but be in the church jealous, envious, hating on folk. But you're in the church. Spirit-filled, but, but the enemy just, look at her. She don't like you. You're, look at her. I don't even know how you talk to her all the time. Y'all do know that's how he talked to folk. Y'all need to go back to the book of Genesis and read. He, he just told, he told, he went in, he got an Eve's ear. Couldn't get in her. Why? She was perfect. He was flawed. She was perfect. He, and so he had to use his power of influence. And the one he had to talk about was God. Because it wasn't nobody but her, Adam, God, Satan, and demons. God done told you something that's not the whole truth. And she started giving place. Giving him some room. He didn't get in, but he sure was in that garden with her. I said... He didn't get in her, but he sure was in that garden with her. Woo! Have Satan never got in the bed with you. 
Have you ever got into car witch? Used to be this this preacher that traveled singing called Joe May. Used to have this song, Don't Let the Devil Ride. (laughs) Joe May would say, if you let him ride, he'll surely want to (laughs) drive. Then he go back to say, don't let him drive. Don't let him ride. All right, let's go a little further as I get ready to close it. Let's go a little further. We, we need to understand who, who Satan is. And I want to show you that why we don't need to give him no, no place. Let's go to John, the 10th chapter. We need to understand who he is. John 10. Y'all all right? Okay, we're going to John 10. We're almost done. Y'all there? Notice the 44th verse. John 10 and 44. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. John 8 and 44. Go down. John 8 and 44. No, it ain't no 44 and 8. I mean in 10. Notice John 8 and 44. This is what Jesus said to some people that get this. Heard the word and he encouraged them to continue or abide in the word. And uh, they would be made free. And, And the more he talked about the word to them and what they needed to do, the more the enemy of what the enemy had put in them manifested. They were at the service there, but once he got to saying different things, they got stirred up and Jesus recognized that they, they were of the devil. John 8 and 44. He, he said to them, you are of your father, the devil. Now this folks who had been listening to the word, And the desires of your father you want to do. Can you imagine wanting to do what the devil do? That's what he said to them. And then tell, talk about their father. And he said he was a murderer from the beginning. Who did he kill from the beginning? Or cause that death to come from the beginning. Spiritually, Eve and Adam. Physically, Abel. He was the cause. He, he, was, he was behind spiritual and physical death, and, and he, he has been behind spiritual and figure and physical death as well as figurative death, because figurative death means. Ruin. He, he's been behind deaths since the beginning. And that's what Jesus, Jesus is exposing him right here. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. Now notice he said he does not stand in the truth. But guess what? He knows the truth. 
He don't stand in it. He ain't going to live it in other words, but he, he know the truth. And like it or not, we, it, it's folk that are in the street, in the club, that know the Bible just like we do. They know it, but they just won't stand in it or live it. And does not stand in the truth because there is no truth. Help me. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar and the father of it. Jesus got these folks so stirred up, they ready to fight. I'm not going to go on, but you, you see that the enemy, the enemy has humans that are part of his service that do things for him. All right, let's go to Luke 8. Luke, the eighth chapter. We're going to read verses 11 and 12. Luke 8, verses 11 and 12. Ready? Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who do what? And after they hear, then the who? Comes and out of that what? He'll cause you not to choose what you should choose. You done heard you done heard and got your rhema. But the enemy tries to stop you from, a, from choosing to think it, talk it, and put it into action. That's what he does. You heard it. Know exactly what you need to do in order to get your prosperity, to get your healing, to get your deliverance. But the enemy, the enemy's thing is before she start thinking about it, before she start confessing it, before she start acting on it, I got to get it. I got to get it. I'm going to have to get what she got on Sunday before Sunday evening. She got it that morning, so I'm going to have to work on her Sunday evening. If I don't get it Sunday evening, Monday morning, I'm, I'm going to... Call something to happen and see if I can get it Monday morning. Look at what he, and you'll know when he done got it. You'll know for yourself when he done got it based upon the verse. Notice again, those by the wayside are those who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their heart. Lest they should what? And be what? When you stop, when you start questioning what you call your rhyme. He done got it. He done got it. See, see, the enemy will allow circumstances to arise. And when those circumstances arise, he'll, he'll use those circumstances to cause you not to believe what was your rainbow. And when you stop believing, you won't get your salvation. You won't be saved. How many understand? And so that's the reason uh, 
We have to just stick to the truth. If we stick to the truth, just stay in the word, because God's word is true, it'll be well. Let our yes be, our no be, or just stick to the truth. I'm done. Let's get a lot of hand of praise.